Hi, this is Lindy, the creator and host of Lindy's Audio Cafe, a podcast focused on positive and thought-provoking stories. Life gets busy, and in the race for happiness, we sometimes forget it's often the smaller things in life that truly matter. My podcast is focused on the stories that don't make tabloids, the basics that make you smile, the kindness of people who help make the world a better place. Yeah, we need a bit more of that. But before we get started, please be sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss future episodes. Thanks for listening. Well, hello there and welcome to Lindy's Audio Cafe. My name is Lindy and I'm absolutely delighted to be back here with you again today. And this is my 13th episode. Woohoo! <laughs> Hope it's going to be a lucky one. Uh, but on a serious note, I'm actually going to dedicate this episode to uh, uh, Alzheimer's Awareness Month. And believe me, it is something that I am aware of 12 months of the year. And a misconception that's out there about Alzheimer's disease is that it only affects older people. Well, guess what? This is not true because everyone is affected when somebody close develops Alzheimer's disease or dementia. It's a trickle-down effect and nobody should have to face it alone. So I'd like to start this out uh, by mentioning that as I speak to this topic, I am not a medical professional and I cannot give you any medical or legal advice regarding this. Uh, I'm going to leave that to the professionals and what I'm sharing with you today is simply coming from my heart and from the experience that I have. Several years ago, I helped a family member, you know, through the journey of dementia, and it was one of the toughest paths that I've ever traveled. In fact, I should make that we, because I'm not the only one that traveled that journey. There were many people who traveled it, including the person that I was helping, and it was really tough. In fact, it was so hard. I think it was one of the most toughest challenges that I've ever faced in my lifetime. And I was officially a member of the sandwich generation at that time. For those of you who don't know what that means, the sandwich generation refers to a group of people who are raising their own kids and also caring for an aging relative at the same time. And uh, it, it can be kind of tricky. And it's not easy to spread your time in a lot of directions, especially if you're trying to hold down a full-time job and you're trying to spend time with your kids at night and you're trying to be a good, loving, responsible caregiver on top of that. It's a recipe for burnout. And I was there. Now, I won't speak specifically to what I saw or what I experienced in depth because I firmly believe that we all have a right to dignity. And, you know, someday it could be me. I might be the one that gets Alzheimer's or dementia, and I would really hope for some of the same privacy my loved ones would expect. And it's really tricky. It's a fine line because, you know, sometimes there are some stories that need to be told, and other times we just need to help people retain their dignity. That's so important. After all, it could be us too. Several years back, I helped to form a family caregiver support group up north, and it was for families who were caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's disease or dementia. Once a month, caregivers would come together and share stories and information, basically talk in a confidential setting, run ideas past each other, or just have a place where you could just talk and be there without judgment and have other people in the group who were going through the same thing. They could understand what you're going through, you know, just good to have an ear. It was really therapeutic and quite helpful. 
And you know, when you're up to your eyebrows and you're dealing with new behaviors and changing needs and dealing with care providers and care options and managing finances and all the things that go with it, it can get really overwhelming for caregivers. Caregivers need support too. They really have to have that in order to keep on going. And as I record this podcast, you know, I'm really aware that there are people who are listening from all over the world, and I'm so delighted to have you join me here today. And please know that I am aware that we don't all have the same services available in all areas. Um, We're lucky if we have the internet to help provide resources and help. Uh, But you do have to be really careful about uh, diagnosing anything or getting information online. It's so important, you know, you can't just suddenly rely on Dr. Internet to solve everything for you. Um, It's so easy to get on there and do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, you know, I'll look this up and suddenly you've got a diagnosis for all these ailments or you're assigning symptoms to something that doesn't even exist. You just got to be careful when you're out there. However, I will say that, you know, when I was traveling that journey with a loved one, I relied so much on the information that I got off the internet. It was really helpful. I spent quite a lot of time going over to the Alzheimer's Society of BC website, and I just found the information to be so helpful to me when I was going through it. Now, I know that the Alzheimer's Society of Canada also has a main website, And it provides contact information for all the local, regional, and uh, Alzheimer's Society offices. So if you take a little visit to alzheimer.ca, that should take you to a website for the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. And they've got a wealth of information and links for support on there. Oh, I get forgetful from time to time, and sometimes it seems to be a little bit more frequent. And as we age, things are changing in our bodies, and it's not unusual to become a little bit more forgetful from time to time. In fact, for women who've reached the beautiful midlife point, sometimes your dipping estrogen levels can be a cause for momentary lapses in recollection. Oh, believe me, I get it. I'm in my mid-50s and some days I can't remember names. I can't remember where I put my keys, you know, or I'm standing at the fridge door with the door open going, what was I coming to get? And it's just simple midlife brain fog. It happens, and there are things that you can do to try to keep it at bay, but it's not much different than when I was younger. When you're pregnant and you're expecting a baby, you get what they call maternity brain fog. It's the same thing. You just have momentary lapses where you don't remember things and you become forgetful. But those are not the same as having Alzheimer's dementia. And you know, I'm working really hard in my middle age years. I want to. Uh, Use this podcast series for creation and learning and helping to keep my brain active. That's one of the things I've been trying to do is trying to keep active and trying to keep learning new things. I don't want to let days go by where I'm not learning something new because it helps to keep your brain active. It's just like exercising. It's good for your body to be active. It's important for your brain to be active. As we carry on, I was going to talk a little bit about the symptoms of dementia and some of the things that that might be experienced. And symptoms can include memory loss, both short-term or long-term. And, you know, some of the symptoms can, you know, also cause difficulties with thinking and problem-solving, things that are enough to impact someone's ability to perform their everyday tasks. And that can be really challenging. 
And, you know, I remember knowing a gentleman years ago when he was running his own business and he was super kind, always helpful to others. And uh, something changed one day and he started to become really forgetful and he completely lost his verbal filter. I mean, completely. He would attend at businesses and go to do his job, but he'd become just cranky really, really fast, out of character for him. And he would just tell completely inappropriate jokes that they just weren't cool to be told in that workplace environment. And he seemed to forget all about his obligations. And he started to get a bit of a reputation that he's a bit of a jerk. Or some people are saying, he's kind of an arsehole. I don't know that I really want him coming in today. Did you hear what he said last time? Or he cracked such an inappropriate joke. And I felt bad because people were not aware at the time that he was early onset Alzheimer's dementia. And it was very sad, you know, to have that happen because... He was out there, he was still performing his job, but things were slipping. People could see it, but they couldn't identify with what was going on with this man. It was really hard. And I felt quite sad when I heard that he actually had Alzheimer's dementia, but it also helped me to understand why he had started acting the way that he had. And you know, even changes in mood and behavior, it can be a sign. And sometimes it just takes a few occurrences before you realize that something isn't quite right. And from what I've read online, symptoms of Alzheimer's disease can overlap with changes to cognitive and functional abilities, moods, emotions, physical abilities, behavior. And it can be quite the challenge to discuss it with someone you're concerned about, especially if they're still in denial. And, you know, I'm going to carry on with a few more scenarios, and these are just hypothetical, and they're based on stories that I've heard from others or had first-hand experience with, but none of these stories are specific to any one person or event. So just stop and think for a minute. Imagine that you're a working parent. You're trying to do a job, and the phone rings at your workplace, and your parent is stressing out because the bathroom's flooded out. You can't do much because you're at work, so all you can do is arrange for a plumber and you tell them that somebody's on the way. And the plumber calls you back and tells you there's multiple items flushed down the toilet and the lines are clogged. The plumber asks you if there's a child in the house and you say, well, no, there isn't. And you pay the bill and you wonder how those things got there. And then the following week, the same darn thing happens again. Your parent is calling you at work. You're frantic because the sink isn't draining. And for sure, there's something going on without plumbing. Once again, you're left dealing in a crisis, uh, you know, in your workplace. And you're trying to stop what you're doing. And you're arranging for another plumber. It's the second time around. And the same plumber calls you back. And he says, hey, this time there was newspaper clogging the drain. Well, now you go home and try to address it with your parent and they become really angry and they tell you that there's a tenant that's trying to sabotage them and ruin their drains. Well, now you're thinking about it and you're thinking something's really wrong. Your parent is the person responsible for the clogged plumbing and now they're becoming really suspicious and really confused. And sadly, your parent doesn't recall doing those things And honestly, they think somebody's sneaking around and clogging up the drains on them. What do you do? Reach out for the professionals, because that's the only place to start. So imagine you visit your uncle, and he's always kept a really clean home. And this one day you go over to visit him, and he says, Hey, go on into the fridge, help yourself, grab a pop. So you open up the door, and there's like a dozen little juice boxes all sitting on on the shelf in the fridge. 
And the juice boxes are half full, some are a quarter full. There's a straw tucked in the top of each one. Some are expired, some aren't, but there's a dozen open juice boxes. Who needs a dozen open juice boxes? So you say to your uncle, hey, can I help you clean your fridge out a little bit? There just seems to be a bit of extra here and your uncle doesn't seem real comfortable, but he lets you do it. And you get through, you have a great visit and you come back again the next week and uh, you start chatting with your uncle again and you ask if you're able to get a drink from the fridge. You open up the fridge and look inside and oh, there's a container. It looks like a lunchbox container, you know, and it's got the little plastic lid on it and all the dog food is inside there and you glance down at the dog dish and it's full of cereal. Looks like the dog's been eating cereal and your uncle's been eating the dog food. Uh-oh, this is kind of a problem. Uh, and I'm not a nutritionist, but I would simply tell you that I don't think that's probably very healthy. So what do you do? How do you deal with that? That's just an example of things that can happen. Well, when you start noticing those things happening, it's time to reach out and get some help. And here's another hypothetical scenario. Now, what do you do when you've got a family member who's experienced some mild memory loss for a long time and now they're wandering around at all hours of the day and night? You gotta work in the morning and you need the paycheck so you've gotta be at that job. What do you do? You wake up at two o'clock in the morning and you can hear pitter patter, pitter patter, pitter patter. You wake up at three o'clock in the morning, you can hear pace, 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 pace up and down the hall. You wake up at four o'clock in the morning, the lights are on in the living room and somebody's making a snack at four o'clock in the morning. Now you hear them pacing the halls again. How are you supposed to sleep when that's going on and how do you know they're safe? This is a behavior that you're really not used to. What is it? Why are they doing this? Chances are it's probably what they call sundowning. And sundowning can actually cause a variety of behaviors and it can lead to pacing or wandering throughout the night. And the challenge is, is because when your loved one is up pacing at night, you are too. And uh, what if they happen to decide that 3 a.m. is a great time to go for a walk? Definitely a safety issue. And these are challenges they're not easy to deal with. And that's where it becomes bigger than us. And we have to call for help to deal with that. That's when you need to get extra resources. These are just the tip of what can happen. No two people are exactly alike. And there's going to be memory lapses and behavior changes and cognitive changes. They're all going to differ from person to person. And difficult moments can arise with really good people. The need for personal care and compassion is so critical. You know, and it can be so mentally exhausting when someone's asking you the same question over and over and you've answered it over and over. Perhaps your loved one doesn't even remember asking the question and it's like they're hearing the answer for the first time, even though you're reaching one dozen, two dozen times answering that question. It can be kind of hard. Or what if they're simply struggling just trying to make sense of their world and they're having a hard time coping with a specific need and they're just trying to articulate it and they're having a hard time doing it. It can be hard on everyone, but it's so important that you don't lose your temper and shout, you've asked me that like a dozen times, quit asking me. That's not a great response. It might cause further upset for your loved one and it won't resolve the underlying issue. 
Sometimes it's just a simple case of a diversion that's needed and maybe you need to introduce a new television show or go for a walk or perhaps it's just putting on something that provides a calming experience such as watching a slideshow that's familiar to your loved one, something that they would find calming or putting on some music that they enjoy, just something to help create a bit of a diversion. And as I mentioned earlier, each situation is different and what works today may not work tomorrow. So how can you help if someone you know is dealing with Alzheimer's or dementia? Well, a way that you can help is to make sure that you plan ahead and don't leave things until it's too late. Uh, it's, it's more important now, more than ever, to get on it and make those phone calls and make sure that you know what's happening with programs and services. Get your name on lists for help. Get the ball rolling on it because so many programs and services right now have really long wait lists. And with the pandemic, it hasn't helped. Some services have been cut back. And it's really important to get out there and reach out early on in the game. Don't wait till it's too late and everyone is in crisis. Because that's human nature. We often wait and say, oh, I'll wait, I'll make a call when things get a little bit worse. But if you do that, it might be a little bit too late and you might find yourself having a real struggle. So make sure that you reach out for help early on. And uh, another good thing to keep in mind, and I'm speaking to anyone of all age groups right now, is have your own personal paperwork in order before it's too late. Do these things while you cognitively can. Ensure that you've got all your legal paperwork in place to assign a power of attorney or a guardian or healthcare representative. Whatever is required by your jurisdiction, make sure that you have that stuff set up. You don't want to be where somebody has Alzheimer's dementia and all of a sudden you're going, uh-oh, we don't have any paperwork drawn up. Now who's going to help out? Now who's going to be responsible? Because at that point you might be having a bit of an issue as well because now it's too late and they're not cognitively capable in making those decisions. So get that stuff done early on. Don't think it can't happen to you. Always have that paperwork done up ahead of time. And if you've got a friend or a family member and they're struggling, perhaps they're working full time and they're dealing with a, you know, caregiving for a family member, what can you do to help? I would start by asking your friend that very question because often as caregivers, we're afraid to reach out for help. Um, or we get so deep into dealing with everything that we can't actually see when we need help. Others might see it on the outside. We might just be floundering running in a million directions and not realizing that there's actually people out there that can help us lighten the load a little bit. So here's an example. Let's say you've got a friend who's at home and they've got young children at home. Perhaps they um, need to be able to get out. They've got to go and visit a relative who happens to be in a care facility or a care home or they're caring for an aging relative in their own home um, and they're trying to juggle everything with their kids. Why not invite their kids over for a play date? You know, free up a couple hours time so your friend can go and deal with what they need to deal with. That's being a really good friend. Or if you know that they're having a hard time because they're trying to juggle all these things, 
maybe find out what kind of things they like to eat and if you could you know bring a meatloaf or spaghetti dish or some meals that they can put in their freezer it might make the load a little bit easier and your friend can just draw on some of those ready-made meals you know especially when they're running in a million directions just help them to maintain a healthy lifestyle while they're helping somebody else And another thing you can do is if you're an employer and uh, you have somebody who's having to deal with an aging relative, try to be understanding. Or even if you're a co-worker and you're with somebody who's getting frequent calls because their aging relative has Alzheimer's and they're forgetting and they're calling them at work, try to show a little compassion and be understanding. If your co-worker ends up running a little bit behind on their work that day because they had to deal um, with their aging relative who's having Alzheimer's issues, maybe you can help your friend out by taking on a task or doing something just to help lighten the load for them a little bit. I recall a lady who struggled and she was working on a front reception desk and she needed to meet with a healthcare team regarding her father's care. And her boss was annoyed with her because she wouldn't book it on a lunch hour. Now, of course, it was difficult because she'd had to leave a couple of times to take appointments as she dealt with her family member who had Alzheimer's dementia. And uh, it was really getting difficult because now she was needing this one more appointment. And this lady ended up leaving work in tears that day. She was like, I'm drawn in so many directions. I need to be at the care team appointment. And now I'm getting flack from my boss because I couldn't plan it on a lunch hour. When I heard that story, I thought, how ridiculous is that? You know, this woman was dealing with a physiotherapist, a social worker, an intake nurse, a unit manager, and a dietary specialist, five medical professionals. I don't think it was in her position to ask five medical professionals to book her appointment on her lunch hour. Life doesn't work that way. So you gotta be understanding when you have employees We're being stretched and they have to pull in that direction. Yes, it can be hard in the workplace. Yes, it can be hard when we're trying to cover spots. But let's have compassion with each other and try to help out. Because we as a society have an obligation to be a community that stands behind one another. And it's important that we look after our aging relatives. And we have to support each other as we do that. Uh, It's interesting because I refer to that again as being the trickle-down effect and that's how when somebody has Alzheimer's dementia it doesn't just impact them. It impacts everyone else in the family and it has a trickle-down effect to the workplace, to the children, to the grandchildren, to spousal relationships. There's a lot of dynamics that can come into it but if everybody works together It can lighten the load, and you may even have some moments where you come away smiling. There are many stories out there, and a hard one is when families are determining that their loved one is no longer safe to be driving. That's a tricky one that can creep up, and it's always best that it get dealt with before somebody gets hurt. But it's a really difficult time if the family member doesn't recognize that they're no longer safe to be on the road. Or what happens when they're no longer safe to be cooking in the kitchen or shouldn't be using hot appliances like irons and curling irons, space heaters, anything that can cause a burn or cause a fire. And for the safety of your loved one and for those around them, it has to be dealt with. 
It's not easy, but you just can't put it on the back burner. Sorry, good choice of words, but you just can't put it aside. You do need to deal with it before it's too late. Getting the right help from the start is so important, and depending on where you live and what resources are available, you know, the initial time from diagnosis to getting support can really vary. Don't give up. You know, be an advocate and learn as much as you can. Find out about what services are available in your area. And I highly recommend that you reach out to your local Alzheimer's Society or associations that can help you with navigating these new waters. Keep in mind that long-distance caregivers, they share the struggles too, even if it's in a different way. It's not easy to be thousands of miles away from your loved one and you're not able to be there and see it yourself in person or be there to hug or lend a helping hand. It doesn't mean that long-distance caregivers don't care. Um, Be gentle and understanding and communication is the key to helping everybody navigate these waters. And if someone lives thousands of miles away, know that it doesn't mean they don't care. It's life. It's circumstances. Stay in touch with them. And supporting each other from both sides is the most important thing that you can do. Be a good friend. Be a good co-worker. Be a supportive employer. And a loving family member. An ounce of stress deserves a cup of care. And always top it off with a spoonful of humor. As I wrap up this episode, I just wanted to do a final note that's coming straight from my heart. If you're a caregiver and if you're caring for somebody that has Alzheimer's or dementia, don't be afraid to be involved. Don't be afraid to step up and advocate. Uh, And don't be afraid to ask for help. Never be afraid to say to anybody, whether it's a friend or a neighbor or a medical professional, I'm swamped. I don't know what to do. Things are changing. I need help. It's okay to ask for help. You shouldn't have to do everything all by yourself or all alone. When that time comes that you can no longer care for your loved one at home without getting a lot of extra help, please don't let people guilt you into decisions that you may have to make. It's not easy when you have to bring in full-time help. Not easy if you have to have your, your family member or a relative go to a care home. That can be really hard on you too and uh, you should never feel guilt whenever what you're trying to do is provide the best care possible for a person that has Alzheimer's or related dementia. If what you're doing is out of love and trying to provide care, do not feel guilty. And that's a really tough one. And as you head out there, please know that there are actually lots of positive things that can happen along in this journey. And if I was to go back and say, do it, but I want to be there as part of that journey again. Absolutely. There were so many moments when I came out of there knowing that my presence was felt so many times that I knew that my love was still being felt, even though that person couldn't communicate it with me. So don't ever underestimate the power of your love. And as you head out there this week, uh, if you know anybody that's uh, around you, whether it's a friend or a co-worker or a family member who is caregiving for someone that has Alzheimer's or dementia, never be afraid to reach out and say, hey, it's a busy time for you. What can I do to help you out this week? And on that note, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, Please do enjoy your week, everybody. Stay safe out there. And remember, as I always say when I end my podcast, 
Uh, remember that smiles come in all languages and in all colors. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to click like and share it so others can enjoy it also. Join the Lindy's Audio Cafe podcast group for updates. Oh, and positive reviews are always welcome as well. (laughs) Check the show notes for updated links. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.